Wow, it's refreshing to hear that voice come back up on the Zoom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Overlap. I'm Elias, joined by Rian. In case you forgot our names, we haven't gone far, but we're still, we're still very much here. And right before we, I hit record, I don't, I'm sure everyone listening has heard like the little Zoom button or the lady say, <laughs> the meeting is being recorded or the recording is in progress. And uh, nice little deja vu moment as we come back. So with that, welcome back, Rian. What's up? How you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good, man. It's been a while. Well, you're doing well. I'm we doing taught, very, we were taught yes, better than that. True, true. I'm doing I'm doing very well. Uh, <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. But but uh yeah, doing doing pretty good. Just came back from a very warm vacation um out in San Diego and and now I came back and it was like 40 to 50 degrees <laughs> um, <laughs> don't, yeah, don't go outside. <laughs> 40 to 50 degrees colder so that, that walking out of jfk getting hit with like <laughs> 15 to 20 mile per hour winds when it's like 38 degrees was sobering <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a harsh reality to say the absolute yeah. least but um you remember i that for some reason just randomly reminded me do you remember when like a year and a half ago we were no not even a year and a half maybe a year ago we were all like kind of sitting at home, like just huddled, to, not even together, just separately and thinking about, oh, yeah, I guess what will you be doing for the holidays? Oh, I don't know. I'll probably go home to my parents and like quarantine for a little bit. Uh, the, the world's opened up a little bit more. That's refreshing. It, that has been refreshing. I miss uh the other part of this time last year where it was really cold outside and I knew I didn't have to leave the apartment yeah but. yeah just having the heat on was sufficient yeah <laughs> no that's so true that's so true but the one thing i'll say before we get into it um is just a thank you to everyone listening to this episode um as some of you may or may not know i mean we took a little bit of a break from recording just for for personal reasons for a lot of a lot of things going on in life and that's one of the things that one of the lessons that i feel like i took away over the last year and a half is that People just have a lot of things going on, both that you may or may not know of, and that's okay. Um, so we both had a lot of stuff going on, and life came up, and say lovey. So that it, it is what it is. But just to thank you to uh, to everyone listening, and certainly who supported us both on and off the pod. So I'll I'll leave it at that. And really, and really, also that I was gonna say the other the other thing that that we will be back to more regularly scheduled programming soon yes it's it's the beginning of some really really fun things to come um, a little bit of a change up in scheduling for the better i would argue i think well rian and i and our friend peter came up with it together so it, it'd be terrible if it wasn't better but <laughs> hopefully it'll be better um so i'll i'll leave it at that and what i was going to say is the purpose of this episode as we are nearing the end of the international break to really use it as a good segue into World Cup qualifiers and how they're going, but more specifically, how much pain, stress, and anxiety has Rian endured from watching the U.S. men's national team? <laughs> Find out over the next 20 minutes. With that, Rian, let's start off talking a little bit about the U.S. men's national team, where they've gone over the last few months. Our friend Egg has... No, no, no. Wait, hey, wait, he's, wait, wait, wait. He's... <laughs> 
you you can keep calling him that but but oh he's, he's redeemed himself i completely forgot about that yeah he's he's redeemed himself it's it's a it's okay now we've we've still got gripes about some of those selections to national team but uh but i think as i'm it's very funny like you watch a lot of international like other international soccer teams and you see how like their own shortcomings in a way like looking at what's just i mean the hilarious situation that has happened with portugal um in the last week uh obviously italy now potentially not making the world cup after winning the euros it's it gives you perspective i'll put it that way it gives you perspective that just about every national team maybe outside of a team like italy and and spain for the most part um just about all of them have major gripes with their national team coaches and even more have gripes with the squad selections in each window too so I'll I'll leave it at there. Give us some perspective in terms of uh, the criticisms that we have for our own team. Not to say that they aren't all extremely valid <laughs> most of the time, but anyway, I'll I'll, I'll stop there. So, pardon for interrupting you there. No, no, that was a a good good overview um, to put it into perspective. Then again, I would not compare the U.S. Men's National Team with a team that quite literally won a European Championship, but. I, I point still stands. Yeah, I will say right. point. Por- Portugal, Portugal are an all time team. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> There's something of, you know what? This is why I needed the break. Actually, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my God. All right. I'm moving past that comment and I'm getting to the real point of what I wanted to make is that over the last four away games, Rian, the U S men's national team have won one over their last four halves of football against Jamaica and against Mexico. I would make the argument that they have only played one good half of football over the last four. Mm. I want to get your thoughts on that. Mm. I strongly disagree. Oh, strongly disagree. I think they played played two (laughs) good halves of soccer against, against Mexico. Okay. Um, I guess what is it? The first half I'm assuming that you're saying wasn't good. Um, I don't know. I saw that first half against Mexico differently. Um, it, it just as a more as a grander overview of that game, like that was ninety minutes, the best soccer I've seen this national team play. God, I don't even. I, I, it's in recent memory. We'll just put it that way. In recent memory, it's the best I've seen them play, um, especially considering the competition, right? But. I think I think gripes with that first half against Mexico can only. I I, I feel like they just didn't uh, they weren't sharp enough in the in the uh, final third in that game. Um, I know Mexico had the two best chances of that first half for sure, but outside of that, I didn't think they really created much. And I'll end. I know that there's been talk about, I think the Tecatito chance off of that, like beautiful ball from Chucky Lozano, like, like that, the Chucky Lozano chance, the the counter where Mexico broke our press, like beautifully, like there was actually nothing you could do about that. They played like three, one touch passes that broke each line uh, perfectly, but that, that was a great chance. But um, the Tecatito chance, 
I think that's a more difficult chance than, than you'd expect. Like if someone's going to hit that first time to, especially considering that was like a 40 yard cross field ball. Like if Pecatino puts that in the, in the like bottom right corner, then you just had to tip your cap. Like that was, that would have been an amazing finish, but overall in that game, I think they were fantastic. And, and that second half was like, the even when the goal hadn't come yet, it was like, this was it was just beautiful. It was like beautiful to watch and, and how much they dominated Mexico. And then to f- get the Pulisic goal and obviously the man in the mirror um, dig at. That was iconic. <laughs> that that, was that, iconic. Yeah. yeah. As people, some other people have already said, like, it'll be known as like the man in the mirror game. Like that's it's it, that game will have its own um, place in, in U.S. soccer history. And then obviously to have Weston McKenney finish it off to like beautiful, everything about it was beautiful. So, um, gosh, I wish we would have done this. <laughs> I wish we would have gotten a chance to record on like Sunday night or, or even last night, but unfortunately I was traveling around. Uh, then we could the have, funny I, thing is, is what people can't really see is that I think was it the middle of like the second half or the end of the game where you text me and you were like, we have to we have to talk about this. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I think okay. it, I think it was like close to the end of the game, or maybe it was at the end. <laughs> it was it was one or the other. And in my mind, I was like, I got really excited because I was like, oh, finally, like so we can start to like ease back into things. And then I realized if we record on Sunday night, it's going to be Rion just overly exuberant. About uh, I would team. have had no perspective whatsoever. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> there would have been absolutely no context. It would have just been high praise, riding the bandwagon until God knows when. And we would have gotten to the Jamaica game and he would have fell flat, <laughs> like a very <laughs> depressive episode. So in some ways, I think it's a positive that we waited this long. But I'll go back to one of the things that you mentioned about the second half being perfect. Help me understand, because this is a genuine question I can't figure out. What changed between the Mexico game and the first half of this game against Jamaica, right? That we were, and we're recording quite literally right after the game against Jamaica concluded. So maybe there's some recency bias, but what changed? Because I saw the starting 11 for both games and I was pleased, but I don't necessarily know. I mean, we could literally put it down to a Mikel Antonio going from like third division of whatever league to God tier in about three years. But is it really that simple? Um, yeah, I, I, I guess you can maybe, maybe part of it is no Weston McKenney in the game. Maybe I think you can always throw some of it onto the, the field conditions you can throw some of it on to look though I think it was like 85 degrees there tonight and the humidity was like 75. Um, I think that more explains the second half where it seemed like the U.S. soccer players were just looked a little gassed and leggy and, and they lost a lot more of the uh, second balls in the second half compared to the first half. Um, but you also noted it there. Um I saw the staff from Paul Carr on Twitter just like maybe five minutes ago. 
Mikhail Antonio has scored every single one of his club and international goals from inside the box until tonight when he hits it, where he, when he literally just hits a rocket um, from 35 yards out and that that draws the game level and I think after that it seemed like the U.S. kind of lost the rhythm like they I thought the first 20 minutes it was really nice they were linking the play up really well um, and getting to the box I think that this team still has issues with the final ball and honestly that's that's pretty normal for for a lot of international teams that where you know you don't get all of the same especially for when you don't have a Kevin De Bruyne or like a Phil Foden or you know uh, um, a, a world class or even like high high class creator in the team and and that's probably also where you feel like the team maybe missed um, Gio Reyna and and probably missed a fully fit. Kristen Pulisic as well. So I was, I was going to say Giorano, like I feel like his absence was very much felt even, especially in the second game, especially in, in, in the, the second Jamaica. game, but even yeah. in some shades of kind of wide position play, not to say that Timmy Ware or anyone else cannot fill those shoes when necessary, but there's a, there's just a technical difference. Honestly, I think that's what it comes down to. Um, yeah. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. And I, I was going to say in a different type of, player too to Tim Tim Weah, right and, and Weah oh, was very, the best very. player was the best player for the U.S. across these two games like there's no no doubt about that um and I think I think you missed him and you missed Dest too of course you have to say you have they missed Serginio Dest's creativity as well too right like I, as well as I thought De- DeAndre Yedlin played great in the Mexico game and, I, and I'll give him all the plaudits there he was fantastic in that game and, and I thought even for the first, again, like most of the players tonight, I thought for the first 20-ish minutes, he was very good. Um, but it, DeAndre, well, before you say anything, DeAndre mm-hmm. Edlin really confuses me as a player because I'll never forget going to watch this team live about four or five years ago. And I think we were playing Venezuela or El Salvador. I think it was El Salvador. And he put in possibly the worst shift I have ever seen for a right back. And I think when it comes to like the big games, like the most tenacious games where you just need to get aggressive and mad and play in that way, physically against that opponent, like he thrives because he is just so black and white when it comes to his performance that you're going to get the best out of him in these ridiculously competitive games. So that there's no analysis there by the way that's just my thoughts no, no i mean i i agree i honestly agree like, I, all things considered like that game against mexico was the best i've ever seen him play for the u.s like that's that like and and that's not just that's like literally to say like that's how he did play very well it's not just saying that he has played poorly in the past but like he genuinely played really really well in that game um but i think like when you get into these <laughs> these away qualifiers in CONCACAF and you'll probably see the same thing if you watch an away qualifier in um in Comnibal or, or in AFCON when the fields are like 
are what they are when they're really tough, especially when considering a lot of these guys are used to playing on these pristine fields in, in Europe. Um, in those games, it just really becomes more about moments of brilliance and like, and just quality. Like, th- think about the two goals that were scored tonight in this, in this U.S. Jamaica game. The first goal, great link-up play, I think, between between Pepe and, um, and Wea and especially Wea like on what he did in the box, like to, to really just out muscle and, 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 um, and get past uh, Bobby Reed. And then the finish was perfect, <laughs> like a perfect finish. Um, contrast that with the Mikel Antonio strike, like two moments of absolute brilliance are what ended up actually profiting and, and, and getting and creating goals. Now, granted, the second half, Jamaica had a couple chances, but one where they missed from like three yards out and then probably should have had a goal on that corner late on where there was, for some reason, a foul called on the goal scorer in the corner. And, you know, that's that's the other kind of multiplier that you have to go throw into this is that the refereeing too, when you throw in the style of play that the team, that the uh, less talented team is going to play and the field conditions and then the refereeing, it's going to take like moments of brilliance and like special plays more or less to, to win in these games. Um, And they just didn't have it tonight. Like, and, and are lucky honestly to get out of there with, with a point um it's it kind of it is what it is right you're not concerned that's what i'm hearing like you're not 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 concerned in any way not at all um i i know that that jamaica probably should have scored in the second half but realistically it it, they they weren't going to score in the first half unless it was a goal that borderline broke the net (laughs) like like uh, Mikael Antonio saying like fuck it I'll do it myself right um and, and they played well up until that point so it was disappointing that they kind of dropped off afterwards but we've seen how this team plays at home when they play when they when the right guys are on the field um like the big winners from these two games have to be of course Tim Weah Yunus Musa like, love him <sighs> love him just like so so good at turning on the ball yeah so good it's ridiculous it's ridiculous Uh, and I think like for him I'm very very interested to see what happens with him in the next six to seven months uh in terms of his club career because whatever happens with Valencia whatever happens he needs to find a find either team or or find some common ground with his coaches that he needs to play in the center of midfield he I do I think the time that he's played as a winger has actually really helped his ability to beat other center mids off the ball and you can see that that those things that he's had to do while being a winger and and He's he's not 
a good winger. Like, like if you watch, you watch him play, you watch him play for Valencia, and when he when he comes on and he's playing that right wing, he's pretty ineffective. But that's because you think about who he's facing up against when he comes in and plays that position. He's facing fullbacks that are also very quick and are looking to stop these one-on-one battles. Like these, they're looking to stop you from dribbling past them. Um, as a winger would normally do when he gets put inside the middle, as you saw against Mexico guys like Edson Alvarez, Hector Herrera, two very, very good center midfielders that play for very, very good European teams could not deal with like the pace, the physicality, the agility that he has on the ball in the middle. And that's where he's like such an asset and, and why I'm, I really hope that no matter what next season, uh, I don't see him moving in, in January, but next season, if he can't get assurances that he's going to play center mid and play significant minutes, then he's got to leave and, and, and find a place where he's going to play in the position that he's obviously most comfortable in. It's just, it's so obvious that he's most comfortable in center midfield. So. Yeah. And the funny thing about him is I don't see just on the La Liga side, Bordelas playing him in central midfield, especially because he is basically, I don't, I don't want to say stacked, but he has other players to use in this Valencia team ahead of him. Specifically. Yeah, so, it makes sense. It makes sense for right now. Right, but... right. So, Rian, where does this team go from here, right? They play between now and I believe World Cup qualifiers are done next March. They play... El Salvador, Canada, Honduras, Mexico again, Panama, and Costa Rica. Where do you think they end up landing? I, I think I think that they still end up first or second. Um, no, I, well, Canada's been great. They're still the, the only undefeated team in the group. Um, and t- tonight's game is going to be... This is going to be kind of a shit show. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, sense. quite literally, I mean, related or unrelated to the weather, too. But yes. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a shit show. Like, people don't know. Canada plays Mexico in Edmonton. The forecast is I think negative 17 Celsius, which I think goes to like uh, around like 10 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, I, it was snowing there during the day. I have no idea if it's still snowing now, but that is kind of besides the point it's like whether it's snowing or not it's going to be sub 15 degrees um so it uh we'll see what happens tonight that i'm really looking forward to watching that game but it still feels to me the three best teams are still are so obviously um canada mexico and the u.s panama has made things very interesting because uh they came back from down two goals in the in the first game of this um of this international break and it put them two points off of Canada. And just so people know, first three teams in the group automatically qualify. Fourth place goes to a world cup playoff. Really what we need to hope for is that Panama drops off. Like like finishing first, second or third, as far as I know, does not really factor into the World Cup seeding. I, I believe it's based on FIFA rankings. But um, so finishing first, second, third, 
at the end of the day, it, it is more it's, of it's like a more win than, than anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and for all three of those teams, especially the U.S. and Canada, who missed out on the World Cup last last uh, cycle. I mean, Canada hasn't. I, I don't remember the last time Canada has been in the World Cup. Like period. So the '90s, maybe. Yeah. So for for those two teams, and obviously Mexico, all that matters is qualifying. And I still think that those three teams are in good positions. I think the U.S. is still in a good position. Um, I think that if we get games that uh, Tyler Adams, Yunus Musa, and Weston McKenney are all playing in the center of midfield, you feel I feel great. I feel great about it, especially at home. Um, I, I think that this team is good enough at home to get this done. Um, maybe not to wrap it up in uh, January, which is the next international break, end of January. Um, maybe not th- at that point, depending on what happens with Panama in, the next, in this game tonight and then obviously during that window. But I think this team's in a good spot. And I, and I think that there's no reason to be concerned about them not making the World Cup. Um, I think it would take something miraculous from Panama, honestly. Um, so that being said, that loss to Panama last window, like thinking like game theory wise, was just kind of such a pendulum swinger. Like it's it's game it just would have made wise, things just, like even a draw in that game would have yeah more or less sealed it for canada mexico and the u.s like <laughs> like it, it would have sealed almost it would have more or less sealed it for them for those three teams it would have been really difficult for any of them to not make the world cup um i mean even even if panama were to draw against honduras in the last game like right yeah that that was a loss for all three of those teams honestly right. um but yeah all things considered feeling great honestly and um and burhalter has at least with the lineups, stop getting cute as just kind of simplified it and just played the guys who are good at soccer. And that's obviously helped a lot. And um, overall, if you told me they would get four points out of these two games, I think I would have taken it. Um, yeah, so. that's that's the other thing with this, too, is any way you kind of slice it, like it, it, you have to think about in hindsight, like four four points in these two games, most people would have taken three points probably would have been meh anything less would have been a failure so like all in all we don't really have much to complain about even though that jamaica game was extremely sus (laughs) (laughs) yeah like you know i i I feel good i i feel good uh, honestly about or better about our chances to go to the azteca and win than our chances of going to like honduras again and win oh, oh, or going oh, oh. or like like just just really thinking about the field like the, the field will at least be able to play soccer yeah at, in yeah. mexico and and then even and in um canada too if we go and play in toronto uh we'll at least be able to play soccer so i, I love that you're on the conspiracy theory bandwagon now by the way that that is the funniest thing to me oh it's the refs and it's the field oh no obviously no. it's I'm, not a conspiracy oh, they're no, all no, they're all bad refs like on both sides it's not a conspiracy oh, 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 they're bad for everyone oh 100 100 to me 
I'm here for the memes and I'm here for the vibes, <laughs> not yeah. here to, to analyze CONCACAF in of course, any serious of way. Of course, yeah. You got to understand when you're watching these games, especially the away games, like you just have to take it with you that they're going to be bad referee. There's just going to be bad referee. Like <laughs> Brendan Aronson almost had his eye taken out against Mexico. And, you know, that's that was that was a yellow card somehow. Um, and of course there's no VAR, so <laughs> we have to just kind of live with the fact that it's going to be a slog, um, and just, they, they need to take care of points of three points at home. That's, that's the most important thing in all of these games. And, um, and, and, and they've done it for the most part outside of that, that obviously the Canada game, um, where they drew one, one, but. They're getting it done for the most part right now. And they're, and they're getting it done, knock on wood. Let's see where January through March take us. Yeah. I, I'm still like, I mean, well, I, I feel good about it, yes, but I'm always like cautiously optimistic. Yeah. And the, and the thing is, I think they play Canada and Mexico in the last international window. Um, I think they play them both in March, if I'm correct. But so got to rack up the points before before that. Time and, and hope True. that they're in a good enough position that it that those games won't quite matter so. yeah yeah well Rian, i'm out of questions i don't have much more it was nice to finally do this again <laughs> that's all that's oh, yeah. all i've got the thing is too the u.s men's national team will always in some way come back to haunt us and in i i don't know what's going to happen like something's going to happen between january and march where we're going to have a mini heart attack. It's just, it's part of life. Like, except that I just don't know what it is. So that's why I'm a little more reserved in, yes. in this one, but and, nonetheless, it can always be worse. Wins. It could always yes. be worse. We can always be worse. Could also, uh, how could it be worse? Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I guess I'm just thinking to the Reddit threads that I was, <laughs> that I saw after uh, Portugal <laughs> oh. to, uh, to serbia uh, serbia yeah yeah i mean it could be worse you could have almost the best squad of your i mean we do one of the most talented generation but like literally one of the three most talented squads in the world and and find ways to not score goals (laughs) like yeah it can be worse man it could well when you put it like that well Um, we'll leave you guys with that thought how about that we'll We'll hopefully probably be back after the holidays once December starts and things start to get back and the Champions League comes back. We'll be back soon. Take care, guys.